Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. Emotions serve me. As I've said so many times before, emotions are not evil unless they're in leadership. Then they're, then they're evil. When you put emotions in charge in business, what happens? That's a disaster waiting to happen. And so we know, I mean, it's just kind of taken for granted. People that are successful in business, you know, you can't, you can't allow emotion to get involved. Emotion can't be what's guiding you. Emotion can't be what, no, business principles. They're things that need to be in charge. It's the same thing here. They're principles that need to be in charge. Sometimes our emotions can get the best of us. In today's message from Pastor Robert, he teaches us through the book of 1 Peter that we need to be careful with our emotions. We can't allow our emotions to be dictators of our lives. As Christians, it's important we allow the Holy Spirit to help us control our emotions. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now turn to chapter 2 of 1 Peter, and let's join Pastor Robert with part 3 of today's message. chapter 16 verse 15 Jesus commanded go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to every creature now if that's not the mission of your life then what is anything other than that can I suggest that you're off course if you have a relationship with the risen Savior that is his mission for your life it will involve other things, right? It may involve you being a plumber. It may involve you being a politician. It may involve you being a, a doctor, a dentist. Or what, what, you see what I'm saying? It could, it'll involve different things. I'm not saying that everybody in this room has to go to the mission field. What I'm saying is you're already in the mission field. Are you on a mission is the question. Second point is he refers to, to conduct that silences ignorance. Look back at verse 13. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13, he says, Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors, as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants, as willing servants, willing slaves of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. And, and I'm not going to read the whole, you know, the rest of that, but remember, as he, Peter was writing this, more than likely Nero was the ultimate authority in his world. You, you see what I'm saying? The, the Roman emperor, the guy was crazy. Everybody knew he was crazy. He was a tyrant. But what he's teaching us here, Peter wants us to, to understand, you and I are to be examples of integrity and submission to human authority. God has ordained that there should be government. Now, in this country, we have a representative form of government. That means you and I 
if we have the right, if we're citizens, if we have the right to vote, we have the responsibility to be involved with that, right? But what he's telling us here is, is that if our lives are examples of integrity, we're living out what we say we believe, then in, in so doing, we reveal and therefore silence the ignorance of foolish men, those who reject God, those who are, are you know, living in active rebellion against God and, and the principles of Scripture. And, and, and please understand, you know, this thing about, you know, be submissive to your masters, even if they're harsh and all. This was not an endorsement of slavery, even, you know, any more than it was an endorsement of Nero. Peter wasn't suggesting that Roman rule was a, necessarily a good thing or that, that Nero was a good man or someone deserving of respect, deserving of, of honor, submission, or, or, or whatever. But as followers of Jesus Christ, we're expected to willingly suffer for doing good while being careful to give the authorities no reason to punish us for truly criminal behavior. Do the right thing. If you get punished for doing the right thing, Jesus said, you're blessed. Don't back away from it. Recently, we've been given a, a great example of the, the importance of the principles that were shown here in, in this passage of Scripture. This court clerk in Rowan County, Kentucky, chose jail rather than issue licenses for marriages, which the Bible says are evil. And yes, evil. But Robert, if two people love each other, well now, bear with me for a second, think this through. What if I fall in love with your 14-year-old daughter? I mean, apparently it happens all the time. No, but that's, that's different, that's wrong, that's inappropriate, why? Who are you to judge me? Why do we say that's wrong? What basis do we have for it? The only real basis that we have for it ultimately is God's order for our world. There are things that the Bible teaches us. There are things that, that we shouldn't be indulging in. You know, it, it's like, I remember one of our instructors many, many years ago when I was in youth with a mission, he said he had a really close friend who was a pastor who came to him at one point and said, you know, I got a real problem. I don't know what to do. And he said, well, what's the problem? I've fallen in love with my secretary. And he said, well, that's not real complicated. That's pretty simple, actually. You must not. He's like, what do you mean I must not? I can't help the fact that I fell in love with her. And he said, yes, you can. What are you, are you a slave to your emotions? No, you're not. You are not to be a slave to your emotions. And when we talk about falling in love with someone, that's what we're talking about. I mean, you can romanticize it all you want, but at the end of the day, it's emotion. And yes, I'm speaking from personal experience. I made a decision when I first met my wife that I would not love her. What? Yeah, we were in a situation where it was not allowed. We were, we were, she was in a training class that for six months, we couldn't have that kind of relationship. And I had to distance myself from her emotionally because we were around each other all the time. When I bought her an engagement ring, I was not in love with her. I made a decision of my will. That's the right woman for me. I will love her. And you know what? 22 years later, I really do. There's a lot of emotion there. Do you understand? I'm not a slave to those emotions. Those emotions serve me. As I've said so many times before, emotions are not evil unless they're in leadership. Then they're, then they're evil. When you put emotions in charge in business, what happens? That's a disaster waiting to happen. And so we know. I mean, it's just kind of taken for granted. People that are successful in business, you know, you can't, you can't allow emotion to get involved. Emotion can't be what's guiding you. Emotion can't be what... No, business principles. There are things that need to be in charge. It's the same thing here. There are principles that need to be in charge. 
And certain kinds of love, though real, are inappropriate. You see this? Let me say it again. Certain kinds of love, though real, are inappropriate. They're inappropriate. The Bible says so. And you and I are supposed to be bond servants, willing slaves to the Lord Jesus. Now, many people have argued that Ms. Davis should simply have resigned her position. Personally, I disagree with that. She stood her ground. She asked the government to give her the same type of religious freedom accommodation that's been given to others, including terrorists, you know, Fort Hood, Guantanamo Bay, just to accommodate the fact that she doesn't want her name on the licenses. She doesn't want to be associated with that. But here's why I say she's a good example of what 1 Peter 2 is talking about. Listen to me carefully. One of the charges being leveled against her is, yeah, but she's a hypocrite. She's been married four times. What do you do with that? The reality is, this is a Christian lady taking a stand on marriage, but she's been married four times. How do you reconcile that? See, that's why Peter is exhorting us here. Suffer for doing good, not for being foolish. Not, you see this? Not for compromising as a Christian, not, not for being obnoxious. One of the things that I've dealt with as a chaplain quite often for the police department is the fact that there will be Christian groups that go in on Ocean Drive. They want to be right in the middle of everything and create a disturbance and cause a problem and negatively impact business and tourism in the name of Jesus. And they're like, just don't do it there. Do it, do it over here. That's a reasonable request. They're not saying you can't talk about Jesus. They're saying you can't create a disturbance in the middle of the tourist district. That's a reasonable request. Don't suffer for being stupid. That doesn't glorify God. It doesn't honor Jesus. You see that? But what does honor him, what does glorify him is when you're submissive to authority, when you're respectful of authority, but you take a stand and say, I can't violate my personal convictions. I've had to do that concerning the name of Jesus. There's so much pressure these days. Just don't say that name in the public square. Well, I'm sorry. I pray the way I pray. Sometimes, like I did, you know, praying for, for Patrick a minute ago, when I finish, I invoke the name of the Lord Jesus because it's part of our tradition. It's not an incantation that we have to do. I don't do it every single time. In other words, there are many times when I pray and I just say amen. But if you ask me not to use Jesus' name, now I have a problem. Now I have an, an internal conflict of conscience. It's like you're asking me to pretend I'm praying to a fried egg or something. Whatever might be out there, I'm talking to you. But that's not true. I'm a Christian. We're so glad you joined us today on Main Thing Radio. It's our hope and prayer that you were touched by what you just heard. Before our time is up today, Pastor Robert would like to share a great testimony of how God is working through this ministry. You know, not, not long ago, we got a really cool letter. Actually, I guess it has been a while now, maybe a, maybe a year or more, but we got this really cool letter from a lady named Desiree who was listening to our program from within uh, a maximum security prison up in Georgia. And uh, she realized, she heard on one of the programs that I'm from Georgia, so she reached out. She was all excited that she had, you know, just some sort of common ground with this guy she was listening to on the radio teaching the Bible every day. And uh, she asked if, if it might be possible for us to send her some 
Bible study material, something other than, she said, I don't want workbook stuff. I don't want the fluff stuff. I, I want things that will really, some tools that will help me study the Word of God for myself. I, she said, for the first time in my life, I want to do it. I have time to do it. So we did that. We sent some books. We sent some, some Bibles for some of the other ladies there because they then asked for that, and they started a little Bible study group, and, and God was just using that little 15-minute main thing radio broadcast every day inside that prison. Wow, what a great testimony. If you'd like to share your story, please visit MainThingRadio.com. Thanks for tuning in today to Main Thing Radio.